This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's John DeShazer. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report here on Monday. I'm John DeShazer, sitting in with Daniel Salerson. We're sponsored by SeatGeek. And we are busting into another week of training camp practice. The Saints will head to Jacksonville on Wednesday for a preseason game, the first preseason game. And uh, really looking forward to that because we've seen a lot of practice. But now we're ready to see some real live football, whether it be the starters or the guys who are looking for roster spots. Joined today by Saints legend Deuce McAllister, all-time leading runner, rusher in franchise history. Um, I got to say that while I can because he's – going to get bumped out of that spot at some point this year maybe we're hoping not but well actually we all hoping he is you you going there with me already (laughs) i gotta throw it out there and we also have mike triplett espn.com's finest um formerly of uh the new orleans times picayune uh mike and i were co-workers so i gotta throw that out there and i had that because i have to put in the disclaimer that mike is one of my favorite journalists around the city so i want to put that out there so with people feel like you know me and mike have some camaraderie or if i'm not asking him any hard questions or anything like that then that's why because i like because <laughs> i like him but mike uh, we're busting we're going into the uh, another week of training camp uh, getting ready for the preseason game uh so first you and then deuce um what do you guys think about what you've seen so far from these saints well thanks for having me guys um the thing that stood out to me the most is there, I mean, there's always a little bit of unknown with the team, but I don't ever remember a training camp with with less unknowns. I mean, we just everybody we're seeing out there, we kind of feel like we knew about or or you know we expected. There's some good competition and some good depth in some areas. There's not a lot of places where we're like, you know, who's gonna who's gonna step up at this position? Who are they gonna get to fill this position? There, they they've got a pretty good looking roster. Uh, Pennsylvania. I would say the guy, I would have said this two days ago and maybe looked smart. The guy who stood out to me the most was Marcus Williams, but now he's the guy who stood out to everybody <laughs> after he gets two interceptions in the end zone uh, over the last two practices. Uh, and I think that's such a great sign for this team. They, they need this secondary to play at the level they played at last year, so they can't afford any sophomore slumps with, with Marshawn Lattimore or Marcus Williams or Ken Crawley if you want to lump them in with that group. Uh, the young guys who broke out last year, and and so far it looks like uh, that group is still going to be strong. I do. When I look at the squad, it's it's a deep squad, and so you talk about projecting the the fifty three, and then obviously a ten man practice squad. Out of the ninety players, I think there are probably seven to eight guys that are really trying to position themselves for a roster spot. I think that you know they are this that deep. So you talk about having 90 guys there. Truly, you've probably got about 20 guys, uh, 10, 10 that will be on the practice squad, but a legitimate seven or eight guys that are positioning themselves to make the active 53. I mean, those other guys, 30, 30 plus guys, they're squarely in the mix as far as going to be on this team. If you're going to be honest and really handicap, there's one position, and it was a problem position for him last year. There, if I had one question mark about a position group, it would probably be the tight ends. Yeah. Even, even though you have you brought in Ben Watson 
and you have some experience with uh with Who Man and Josh Hill, you have two older players in Ben Watson and Who Man. Both of those guys, Ben wasn't hurt, was not hurt last year, but the previous year with the uh, Achilles injury, and Who Man has just always battled injuries. Just that's that's the nature of the beast with that position. If I have concern, it's there. Outside of that, they have enough depth where they can overcome uh, whether it's short-term or long-term injury. You have to be careful with running back. I mean, because with Mark Ingram out for four games, you're going to have to lean on some other guys to try to create some offense from that position outside of Aaron Kamara. Uh, and, and, I mean, obviously we know what we have in Drew in the backup situation. But, you know, if there's one position that scares me, it's probably going to be that tight end position. Well, Deuce, I, I have to ask you about the running backs because, uh, as you mentioned, we do know Alvin. He's the known commodity. But who, who behind him is going to be able to play and help this offense? Because, you know, it's it's hard to tell from what we've seen in practice because until guys actually, you know, I guess go through the contact, you know, you don't know. I think Jonathan Williams said it best, you know, I want to put on some pads and be, you know, because he, he feels like he's a guy who's going to, make yards after after contact and that kind of thing. So, you know, which one of these guys do you kind of get a feel might be able to fill in and help? It's going to come down to the games with these guys. I mean, you talk about obviously a draft pick, uh, Boston Scott, a young man that runs really well, but I think even at times he probably runs too high. You say, well, how can he run too high? You know, he's only 5'6". <laughs> he has got to get his shoulder pads lower. You know, he's, he's got to get his shoulder pads lower and, and really not give the defense anything to hit. And you can't really – simulate that or see that until you tackle I mean and they haven't done a lot of that as far as this team so that's why the games will be important uh to him you talk about Jonathan um uh, Williams as far as a running back you know my biggest concern with him is holding on to the, to the football and you know, I think that he does a really good job of understanding the scheme understanding the slash game getting getting north as far as a runner is concerned but he and really Terrence West both of those guys there's some concern with them holding the football. And I would love to see them in blitz pickup as far as other teams blitzing them. How do they react? How do they overcome um, them picking up the blitz? And once you see some of those things, and then uh, when you talk about Shane Vereen, it was good to get him back last night because yeah. he's a guy that can give you some of the s similar things that Alvin Kamara can do as far as a receiving uh, running back. And so all of those guys have different pieces, but – it's the games where they're going to have to make their mark, and we can't really be a true judge until they start playing. Yeah, Mike, what do you look for out of a first preseason game? Because obviously you don't want to put Drew to the risk. You don't want to risk yeah. Michael Thomas. You don't want to risk Cam Jordan. Uh, all your main guys, you don't want to really put them out there. What do you look for out of a first preseason game? Yeah, and they might not put the guys out there that I'm really most curious to see either, which would include like Cameron Meredith and Alex Okafor returning from, from major injuries and Marcus Davenport, what he looks like because he's been a little dinged up. We might not see those guys either. Um, so, look, that running back battle is going to be something that's going to emerge the kick returner battle, and that's stuff that the fans are going to see to the naked eye, too. None of us might be able to fairly judge the, uh, you know, the offensive and defensive line battles unless we go back and watch the tape afterward and break down the plays. But I I think we're going to, you know, the, those that backup running back job and that kick returner job, that's going to be who does it when the lights come on, as Deuce suggested earlier. Um, and so uh, I, I think those are two battles that we're all going to be, you know, because they're going to have to start auditioning those guys right right out of the gate. 
Uh, you mentioned an intriguing name right there, Cam Meredith, because we hadn't seen a lot from him. Um, you know, he's had a couple of, you know, quote unquote rest days. You know, he's working back in from that from that torn ACL. And 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 is that a position where they can afford to take it slow with him? I guess after uh, releasing Brandon Coleman and having some unknown at that position behind Mike Thomas and behind Ted Ginn and. Really, uh, I guess who's the most experienced guy? Tommy Lee Lewis uh, for this team. Uh, so, it, 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 you know, what are we expecting out of Cam Meredith when he when he does get healthy? What kind of player is he? Well, well I keep going back and forth whether or not this this receiving core is deep or not. Because if Cameron Meredith looks like his old self and Traquan Smith looks like the guy who's making these flash plays in camp, that's a heck of a top four. Um, you know, and and uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, Austin Carr, Brandon Coleman, Michael Floyd, also competing back there. But uh, but if Cameron Meredith is battling injuries and isn't on the field a lot, and if Traquan Smith shows, shows some rookie hurdles, then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, who's going to be the number three? So those two guys are really, really important. I think they have depth and a lot of candidates, but you want at least one of those guys to emerge and be a bona fide number three. And, and Meredith has that potential. He was a number one with the Bears at this time last year when he got his knee injury. And there is a lot to like about him, but we are going to have to see it. And and I don't think there's too much reason for concern that he's been sitting out because obviously they're going to play it really smart and safe with him this time of year. But you'd obviously feel a lot better if he didn't miss a single practice. Deuce, you've had a a knee injury or two. Um, When do you start to feel, I I guess it's different for everybody, but how soon do, do you, I guess, feel like yourself? Everybody's going to react different, but for him, he's got to have the confidence in it. And so to be able to get in and out of cuts, that's going to be very, very important for him. We've seen him be able to do some of those things, but it hadn't been on a consistent basis. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't dress for the first two games, really, and let him try to get some work in in those last two games. Well, you talk about him being able to get some chemistry with Drew. We've seen after practice him work with Drew which is also important. And so when you talk about him, you know, having the role of a number three, that's a lot less than having to be the number one guy. I mean, because his route tree is not going to really evolve like that number one receiver would because you really you're looking for him on short short yardage situations, third down and then red zone, just because of his big body. Deuce, what are you looking for out of this preseason opener? I mean, you know, Jacksonville, a really good team, but obviously uh, nobody wants to show much of anything in that first preseason game. It's more about prospects, I guess, than anything. Well, you're looking for guys, uh, the twos and the threes, to try to go ahead and separate. I wouldn't be surprised. No Breeze, really no Alvin Kamara. The guys that you talked about, Armstead, Warford, if he's if he's okay, you allow him to go, but really try to get some depth as far as in that offensive line, and then your twos, uh, Okafor and Cam Jordan. Okay, if they don't go, then now Trey Hendricks will get a lot of snaps. And you, uh, Al Kadeem Muhammad, you know he's a young man that last year received a red shirt, but hadn't had his name hadn't been called a lot this camp. So it's going to be important for him to show up. He was a young man that led the league in NFL last year in sacks. Uh, but now I don't know if the numbers have caught him as far as do we keep him or do we put him on the practice squad. So it's going to be important for him to have a really, really uh, good showing throughout the games because he hadn't made a lot of plays 
consistently when you talk about practice. And then I'm interested to see how those linebackers perform. You know, Demario Davis and those guys will play a little bit, but I don't think that you'll, they'll play a lot. But I'm interested to see how, how, how he performs as far as the captain or the leader of that defense. Marcus Williams, I, I wouldn't expect to see too much of a Lattimore. You've got an interesting battle as well in that defensive back room when you talk about an Arthur Millette, when you talk about a Justin Hardy, when you talk about the two young cornerbacks, Natron Jamerson and Kareem Moore, you know, who's been hampered with a hamstring. I don't know if he'll be ready to go, but it, it'll be important for him to show that he can help this team at some point because he's been out for an extended period of time. So there are a couple guys that you're going to be looking for and to see if they can make that jump or that leap to at least say, hey, look, I can help you not only on defense or offense, but I can help you on special teams as well. Now, first, Mike, and then Deuce, what are you hoping to see or expecting to see or you know, envisioning with Taysom Hill? I mean, he's a, an intriguing prospect, uh, but we don't know if he's an NFL quarterback. He's really going to have to do it when the lights come on, like we said about these other guys, because he hasn't been winning that battle in training camp uh, yet. Obviously, there's still a ton of time. One week of training camp, big deal. But um, the one thing I don't think we've seen him do a ton in training camp is take off running uh, because he's probably trying to go through his progressions. And even when these guys get quote-unquote sacked, they can still finish the play. Uh, I think one thing that might make them feel comfortable putting him in the two rows if he shows that he's go out there, and that's going to be maybe his biggest weapon is, you know, he'll probably scramble for 15 yards for a first down a couple times this preseason. I think he ran for a 20-yard touchdown run last preseason with Green Bay. So he's going to have to prove he's a gamer and he's a guy that if Drew Brees got hurt in the first half of week one that you could put Taysom Hill in a game and he'd be ready. I think he faces an uphill battle to do that, but he can certainly do it by impressing in the live preseason game. I agree with Mike in a sense. I don't want to see him running a lot. And that's that, 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 well, the only reason I, I know that's what he can do. I would love for him to be able to go through the progressions, to be able to get to the third or the fourth option. And I've seen him be able to grow. With him, he's got to be more consistent with his footwork. I think a lot of his errant throws are because of the footwork um, issues. And he's just got to continue to have throws. It's tough when you go uh, a length of period of not being in that position as far as a quarterback like he did. And I agree with Mike as far as, you know, if I had to pick today, it would be Tom Savage as my number two. Uh, I know he can run. Can he sit in the pocket and go to the first, second, and third option and then take off as far as to be an athlete? Uh, He will have some success running the football. I understand and know that. But I want him to be a really good passer and make sure that he can get through all three phases or or options before he takes off. Is he almost too athletic for his own good from a standpoint of – He's so athletic. He's working a lot of special teams units, and and not that he isn't getting reps at, at quarterback. But you know, in the back of your mind, well, if 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 he's not good enough to be the backup quarterback, he's still starter on special teams. He, he he's on the fifty three. Yeah. Now the question yeah. becomes: Is he your number two quarterback, and he's not used on special teams? Or is he your number three quarterback and he's used on special yeah, teams? Yeah. And I think that that's really where they are. It's going to have to be a comfort level. Um, he allows you to carry or steal another player yeah. if he is your number two quarterback. But then, you know, you risk the, the him getting hurt on special teams. And in a sense that he's too athletic, he has it in the back of his head that if it's not working out at quarterback, then I can be yeah. a gadget guy. Uh, I can come in and do some different things. 
uh, whether I line up at H, whether I'm just out there, the defense has to account for me. The defense has to know that I'm on the field. Uh, Sean can open up a trick play or two with him being on the field and not being your traditional quarterback. We've seen them run read option with him a few times. So there's some different things you can use with him. And obviously in special teams, Sean loves him as a holder, yeah. field goal-wise, yeah. because he opens up so many options there. And then obviously with him taking over as the up-back, normally what Chris Banjo was doing as far as the up-back, it's the same thing. Now they can run some different things pass-wise with him being the captain of the punt team as well. So he's squarely in the mix as far as in your 53-man roster. The only question becomes, is he the number two quarterback or the number three? Mike, I'm going to ask you a question that I, I might have never thought I'd ask in a in hundred years. <laughs> Who is this year's Senio Calamente? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he exists. Uh, <laughs> you know, the reason you ask a question like that is because we've covered the Saints, you know, for over a decade, and we've probably never seen another one like him. But played all five offensive line positions. They just don't make them like that. Um, there's a lot of guys who can play two. Uh, German Bushrock can play four, you know. German Bushrock can play both guard and both tackle spots. And Will Clapp looks like he can play guard and center. And Laribius can play guard and center. And, uh, you know, John Fullington could do guard and tackle before he got hurt. So they got a lot of guys like that. Cameron Tom, guard and center. So they got a lot of guys, but it's going to probably take two to make up one Senio. Uh, it's a good competition there. I, I, I think if Cameron Tom can get back healthy, they're really excited about him. As a guy who they'd love to have active on game days, I think you trust Bushrod, you trust Laribius, and um, Will Clapp might be a little bit more of a redshirt freshman type of situation. Same with Rick Leonard, the tackle that they drafted. But uh, lots of options. Still one who's going to be the backup at all five spots. Yeah, Deuce, you don't like to see a guy get injured, but Cameron Tom being down for a couple of practices has really kind of opened it up and allowed some guys to get some reps who might not have been able to get as many reps as they're getting. Will Clapp went from an individual that was probably going to be on the practice squad to possibly making this 53-man roster, and that's really because you need some insurance for the guys inside. You know, you, you know that you're working uh, Andres Pete back, and so with him being able to work back a little bit, John Fullington was – he and Laribus were rotating at that left guard position. Uh, Fullington gets hurt. Now Will Clapp steps right in. You know, yeah. even before that, Will Clapp was taking some snaps at center because Cameron Tom got hurt. And so for him, uh, you're throwing a lot at him. But at the end of the day, you know, this young man has probably worked him his way. Now he's got to perform in the games, but he's probably worked his way to being one of those 53 guys that you carry on your roster because of his versatility. Okay, now I got to I, I got to ask both of you guys about this guy because I like him so much. Uh, Teron Armstead. Uh, how good has he looked? And and I know he's frustrated with his health the last couple of years, and it's impossible to know whether a guy can stay healthy, but how has he looked so far in camp? He's really been dominant as far as a player, and they've, they've tried to go the extra mile to make sure that he is ready for week one. You know, And that's why I don't see him taking a lot of snaps this preseason. You can see that he's even given, getting the veteran days off as far as that type of treatment. He changes the complexion of this offense in a lot of different ways from what they can do on the edge. So you talk about the screen game. Uh, you talk about the tunnel screen that they can run with the receivers. We've seen Mark and Alvin have a lot of success with screens. He opens up so much offensively for them that he is a true difference maker that if you have him September 1st, 
it allows you to be able to do some different things with your tight ends as well as your receivers from uh, an adjustment standpoint as well as a formation standpoint. Yeah, and look, Deuce is the, the expert on seeing what guys do on the football field. My expertise is, is reading <laughs> body language in interviews. And, I, you know, just in the same day, a conversation with Larry Warford about Bushrod and then a conversation with Zach Streep about Bushrod. I mean, their eyes got big and, and lit up when they're talking about him. You know, I mean, we heard people talk about We've always heard people talk about Teron this way because they respect what a warrior is when he plays through ridiculous injuries over the last couple of years. But they're just, they almost sounded in awe of how good he looks out there. And I think people forget what a special talent he is. If he hadn't been battling with those injuries, we'd probably be talking about like three-time Pro Bowl at Teron Armstead right now. All right. Well, you guys ready for uh, for Thursday? Because I'm, I'm – not that I'm hitting nobody, but I'm ready to see somebody get hit. I'm ready. I, I know these guys. Deuce, <laughs> Deuce, you've been through this before, but you guys did a whole lot more contact. But if you had been going this long, wouldn't you just be sick of seeing that other dude's face by now? Uh, there would probably have been a few more fights now, <laughs> you, or, or at least a lot more pushing and shoving. I mean, because you're sick of seeing the, that opponent. You, you're not only talking about camp. These guys have been going against each other since OTAs. So you're really going back to May. And so yeah. you're sick of seeing that same guy. What 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 starts to happen is you see guys cheat because they've seen that route so many times. They've seen <laughs> they've seen that look so many times, whether it's offense or defense. And you know it's like, man, why won't you stop doing that? You know the play. I mean, you can start to learn some of the calls, offense and defense that they that they're yelling just because you've been hearing it since May. Yeah, I, I I'm just I'm ready for Thursday. I'm sure the players are ready for Thursday. Um, that will do it here on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. We would love to thank uh, Deuce McAllister and Mike Triplett for joining us today. A great roundtable talk. And uh, we're looking forward to getting into some preseason games right now and seeing what the Saints' uh, number twos and threes do because we know that third preseason game is pretty much reserved for the starters to get their reps in uh, as it may be. But uh, we're looking forward to seeing what these younger guys can do out here on the field on Thursday night. It begins at Jacksonville, and uh, we're really, really ready for it to start. I'm John DeShazer. Daniel Salerson will be back on next Monday uh, from paternity leave. Uh, he took the soft way out. His wife had the baby, but he ain't here, so I don't know what that's got to do with him. <laughs> and Sean Kelly. Mental support. <laughs> yeah, Sean Kelly will be with you on Wednesday and then on Friday – uh, it ain't ladies' night, it's ladies' day. It's Caroline Gonzalez, Cindy Robinson, Cindy Robinson, and Ashley Amos. Caroline's over there laughing because I said Cindy Robertson instead of Cindy Robinson as if Cindy can do anything to me about it. But uh, they will join you on Friday and give you their perspective on many, many, many things that have to do with sports, I think. Something like, and maybe they'll even talk about the lunch menu in the cafeteria. I don't know. I'll let them give that to you. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you stuck and stayed with us and uh, had a great day. You guys continue to have a great day. I'm John DeShazer again, and thanks for joining us here on the Black and Blue Report.